Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. From D2 to D3. With J.T. Mitchell. Best in sports reports. Listen here. Throughout the year. All right, we made it. 2024 is here. I'm your host, JT Mitchell, and welcome back to a new year of From D2 to D3, your home for Division 2 II and 3 sports coverage across the Magnolia State. And man, I feel feel like I'm coming off cloud nine with the good, great, phenomenal football we've been able to enjoy over the last month. Of course, the D1 games have been good, uh, but I don't think anything has been as good, as entertaining as this year's Stag Bowl. That might be the best game of the entire postseason. We'll talk about that, the coaching carousel, including an interview here in just a few minutes with C.J. Nottingale, the new head coach at Bellhaven, and more on this episode of From D2 to D3. First, as always, though, we're running it back. Eve's Law Firm is back and in action with us on From D2 to D3. This episode is brought to you by them, the good folks down there on State Street. I don't care what you need, accident, injury, or just an attorney. In case something goes wrong, Eve's Law Firm is the place for you. Call them now at 601-355-7961 or find them online at eveslaw.com. So... Man, uh, what an off-season it's been. And I guess off-season is a relative term as the season just ended and isn't over yet for D1. But what a crazy time period it's been between the end of the regular season until the D2 and D3 championships and in the weeks afterward. Uh, You know, we found out on November 13th that Mississippi College will be parting ways with John Bland. Then a couple weeks later, we found out that Bellhaven head coach Blaine McCorkle was hitting the road for D1 FCS Northwestern State. We've had a feeling that Millsaps is also trying to pull in a new head coach to rejuvenate that program. So that's at least three of four coaching spots open across our D2 and D3 football scene. We know two have been filled. One, we're about to catch up with the man himself, C.J. Nightingale. Two, Mississippi College hired Mike Kershaw, an assistant coach at Rice, to be their new head coach. I think it's a good hire. We'll expound more on that after we catch up with Coach Nightingale. And speaking of him, it seems as if he's on the other line. C.J. Nightingale comes to Bellhaven after four successful seasons at Wheaton College. Defensive coordinator there up there in Illinois, and now he takes a few minutes to join us on the phone line. Coach, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing well, JT. Thank you guys for having us. Um, We're excited to get down there to Jackson and Bellhaven and 
I'm looking forward to doing something really, really cool with everybody in the area. Yeah, I was going to ask, have you packed all your boxes yet? You ready to get down here? <laughs> yeah, that's something that uh, it's kind of a work in progress. I think everything is all good from kind of my office in Wheaton and football stuff. And um, we'll see how my wife and I can finish up our house and all that before getting everybody down there. But um, I'm planning on being on campus next Tuesday and kind of being on campus, you know, the rest of spring. Um, so that's kind of the timeline for, for me, but everybody else will get down there when they get down there. Well, it's a trek. I mean, we just moved from one house to another here in Jackson. I cannot imagine moving over 700 some odd miles, but we're excited to have you. And Jackson's a great place to be, especially Bellhaven, beautiful neighborhood, beautiful university. The tree ceiling's just gorgeous. How does it feel to get your first head coaching gig at a place like Bellhaven? Yeah, I think a lot of it was just, you know, the Lord's timing. Um, we've been praying um, for just God's wisdom, God's timing and everything. Um, my wife and I have been. and um, This just seemed really kind of providential and, and the best way to say it. Um, the way that um, Coach Little Scott and Dr. Parrott just handled everything and the communication um, over the last couple of weeks uh, to, to month where it just felt like, everything was lining up and then once we got on campus last week um both my wife and i were like if if this is given the opportunity this this is the right place for us to be at and you kind of said it the people the location um obviously the fit with with jesus and the faith is is critical to us and so there was a lot of positive things that were just starting to line up um especially once we got on campus yeah, and I imagine Bellhaven was one of the more sought-out jobs that opened up this offseason. So props to you. Uh, give us some insight into how the process began and came into fruition. Yeah, um, Coach Little kind of asked me that on one of our first calls, like, what do you know about Bellhaven? What do you, you know, what's your background about us? And I didn't know much about Bellhaven until this past summer. Um, it was one of those Twitter spaces, one of those things, you know, on Twitter that, coaches were doing and I hopped on it in like May and June and coach McCorkle was on it. And so for about five, four or five weeks, um, once a week, a group of coaches were getting on and just talking ball and talking uh, program stuff. And he kept sharing about Bellhaven. He kept sharing about the people. He kept sharing about the program. And so throughout the fall, I was like, Hey, got to know this guy. got to meet him a little bit. I'm just going to follow the program. Um, not thinking anything in regards to opportunities or, um, you know, the next position. But that's kind of how I got introduced to it. So once Coach McCorkle made the decision to move on to Northwestern State, it was kind of like, all right, Chanel, if, if you're, you're open to this, let's, let's put our name in and see how it goes. And like I said, it was pretty, pretty quick um, getting a response from Bellhaven, which was awesome. And then over the last kind of three to four weeks, things kind of progressed from there. So, you know, initial Zoom, initial phone call, um, you know, a couple a couple small things in between those Zooms and phone calls and then getting on campus for a couple of days. Um, with Christmas, probably slowed down a little bit, but it was still a really, really good timing. I thought they did a great job. I thought, again, Scott Little did a did a really good job just being, you know, open, communicating and everything. So it was awesome. So did Coach McCorkle reach out to you about this job after uh, he decided to leave? No, no, he did not. But we have talked. He called me on New Year's, uh, which was awesome. Uh, so we talked for probably 10, 15 minutes about Bellhaven. But no, there was no connection or anything like that um, leading into just throwing my name into it. 
Yeah, and the reason I ask is because I'm just trying to connect all the dots here. Because I did see on uh, social media that he tweeted at you and, you know, wished you the best, pretty much gave you a ringing endorsement of the job you're going to do. And that kind of segues me to the culture at Bellhaven. Obviously, Blaine, you know, he set a lot of groundwork and turned around a program that desperately needed to be turned around and turned it into a playoff caliber program. They made it to their first playoff appearance this past year. Um, You come in all four consecutive playoff appearances during your time at Wheaton as defensive coordinator. How do you take the groundwork that's been laid and not only try to go back to the playoffs have those aspirations, but eventually, you know, make the stag bowl. Yeah, I think the number one thing is a lot of listening and learning. I, I'm, I'm going to be coming in and having a lot of conversations with a lot of people who have made uh, Bellhaven what it's been over the last five years with Coach McCorkle, and I think that's critical for me to listen and learn about uh, not just the what and the how, but why you know, things are going the way they're going. Uh, of course, I have to have my personality and I have to have my core beliefs, which um, fit institutionally, which fit Bellhaven, which fit the, the players already there, the coaches already there. Uh, but it's going to be a lot of listening and learning. I think that's critical when you come into a place that has laid that foundation, that has some establishment. Um, there's going to be some non-negotiables, right? There, there, that's just who, who I have to be now in this position where, you know, we're going to be looking for young men that, um, you know, want to grow in their faith. Like, uh, like that's the great thing about an opportunity at Bellhaven. It doesn't matter where you're coming and in your maturity of, of faith, but we want to, you know, help you grow in your faith. And we, we're going to look for, you know, the development piece of men who uh, want to be men of integrity. Our world needs that. I, I truly believe that um, we have to be, you know, tough guys, like, and, and not, not tough guys in, you know, picking fights or um, being the bully, but like husbands and fathers that are going to stand up for their families, that are going to defend their wife and children. Like we got to help develop those things. So those are kind of like non-negotiables that are going to be critical to uh, who I am. And I know a lot of them naturally carry over with what Coach McCorkle was doing. And uh, so a lot of it is listening, learning relationships. We we, um, have a great foundation. I mean, that, that is so true as you go through it. And the people are great, and they're excited for um, taking the next steps. That's something that everybody was kind of, kind of sharing with me. Like, we don't want to just sustain this. We don't just want to be, hey, let's just, you know, let's just make the playoffs. Let's not, let's just win the conference. No, like, there's true belief and sincerity that um, we can expand on this thing. And um, to do that, it's a lot of hard work. And so, getting on campus, guys, understanding that, hey, you guys had to sacrifice a lot to get to this point. Well, you're going to have to sacrifice a little bit more to get to somewhere else now. And um, you do that on the field, off the field, spiritually, academically, athletically, socially. Um, and so a lot of it's going to be, you know, listen, learning, relationships. Um, but um, something I've said a lot is once these kids know you love them and care for them, um, they'll, they'll do a lot for you. And that's something that we as a staff have to really, really develop. And the players have to develop that with each other, too. So, you know, getting into the playoffs is hard, especially in Division Three football. Mm-hmm. All right, there's 32 spots, 28 at, um, automatic bids. And so you you got to make sure you're positioning yourself to be one of those 32 teams. And um, We all know once you get into the tournament that a lot of things can happen, and uh, we want to get into that tournament. We want to host a playoff game, 
And once you host a playoff game, a lot of things happen too, just because being on campus matters. And um, so we're looking forward to doing all of that type of stuff. Hey, I love the message. You know, of course, winning's great. Everybody loves winning. But college is, uh, you know, four, if not more, of the most important developmental years for these young men. Uh, and speaking of your roster, I know things have been crazy, but have you had a chance to, you know, sit down and sort out who might be coming back next year? Yeah, so on Sunday I was able to have like an introductory Zoom with the players, and that was awesome. And then over the last three days, um, I've had I've had a lot of individual phone calls with players, which have been awesome. They've been great, and so kind of working through that right now. Um, I don't know the number, the total number um, off the top of my head, but we have a lot of excited guys, um, especially those those uh, rising fourth year and rising fifth year guys that seem really really excited about. Um, the next step and taking this thing to another level. And so, um, no, I don't have the number, but it sounds like we're in a really, really good spot with guys that have um, eligibility that can still come back around. Yeah, and I think you have some stars coming back as well. I know you're losing some pieces, but that's just part of the game. I think, uh, if my count's correct, at least five all-USA South players returning. I know every coach is different, uh, and you just have a few minutes left. We're catching up here with C.J. Nightingale, the new head coach at Bellhaven. Have you uh, decided, or every coach is different, I guess, do you plan to use the portal much? Yeah, I think it's critical that we continue to build it through the freshman and high school recruiting, um, especially at the Division three level. You win with your juniors, seniors, and fifth years. Um, and if you look at Bellhaven over the last three years in particular, they've been winning with their upperclassmen, their juniors, seniors, and fifth years. And I think that's how you have to do it. Um, now, the way that I kind of look at the portal is if there are fits or kids that you have recruited out of high school that are interested in coming back, you, you have to take them seriously. Uh, I don't want to use the portal as a way to build the roster. I want to use the portal as a way to, hey, we know that this kid's a fit. We recruited him out of high school. He wants to come back home um, to kind of, you know, find, you know, whether it's needs or find spots that we know uh, will be, a, you know, an impact or an instant. Fit. But, no, I'm not going to use it as a, as a foundational piece. You win with 20, 21, 22-year-olds, and that's kind of how we're going to keep approaching it. I think it's true. I mean, I think the portal is great to elevate the roster you have, but using it as a crutch can backfire. Uh, last yep. question here, Coach. Uh, well, two more questions, actually. You're welcome to plead the fifth on this one, but for the sake of radio, I have to ask, have you started uh, compiling your coaching staff yet? Yeah, it's a work in, it's a work in progress, I would say. Um, I've been fortunate enough to have some really good conversations with some people, and I'm looking forward to seeing where those go. Um, I've been really, really, you know, grateful and thankful for the support of the remaining staff at Bellhaven and we'll continue to have those conversations moving forward. The nice thing is the convention is coming up this weekend, so I'll be able to sit down with um, all of the remaining staff at Bellhaven and, and really kind of talk one-on-one and then be able to talk with some of the guys that um, I've had some small conversations with already about joining us at Bellhaven. And um, again, it's been a great support from a lot of people. And as we know, this uh, profession can be, um, can be hard at times, especially around the holidays, but uh, we do need to have the right people in place on the staff that love Jesus, that love Bellhaven, and, and will love our kids. we got about a minute left until the break. 
Uh, what's your message to Bellhaven fans going into year one? Yeah, I think everything is going to be about people. We got to be all aligned. We got to have the same vision, the same goals. And, and I'm not just talking about Saturday afternoons. I'm talking about, you mentioned it. Uh, I want this to be one of the best experiences of our student athletes' life, not the greatest but one of the best. And so um, for four years from now, I want our guys to, to you know, be closer to the Lord. I want them to have a great degree. I want them, obviously, to compete and win championships. Um, but we need everybody aligned to have those same visions and same goals. Um, that's obviously administration, myself, our coaching staff, our players, but that's also parents and fans uh, of Bellhaven football. We have to be all aligned, all all focused on the same goals and same vision ahead. And if we do that, the sky's the limit. Um, and that's kind of the biggest thing. I want everybody to be all focused on the same stuff uh, moving forward. Absolutely. The sky is the limit. All right, Coach. Well, once you get down here, if you need anything, don't hesitate to reach out. Do not be a stranger. And hopefully we'll get you back on the program as we move closer to the season. We appreciate your time. Absolutely, JT. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. That was new Bellhaven head football coach CJ Nottingale. And I'm JT Mitchell. We'll be right back. Do you ever struggle with me or I or maybe further and farther? That's okay, we all do, because the English language isn't easy, but we have the perfect solution for you. Pocket Grammar, 24 Mistakes You'll Never Make Again is your new sidekick to making sure that those mistakes don't happen. From memorable pro tips to fun visuals, Pocket Grammar is for everyone. Whether you're a student, a professional writer, or just wanna make sure that those Facebook posts you're putting out there every day are grammatically correct, Pocket Grammar is for you. Go to www.thepocketgrammar.com today. That's thepocketgrammar.com to get yours now. Back with you from D2 to D3. I'm JT Mitchell, thepocketgrammar.com. You heard it right there during the timeout. And that brings me to this. We could not do this show without all of our support from our listeners uh, who we wouldn't have a show if you didn't listen to our sponsors who we couldn't keep the lights on without. If you do want to get your brand out there a little more so this year, we can do that for you through the Super Talk Network, but especially right here on From D2 to D3. Be a part of Mississippi's new home for Division Two II and Three sports coverage. Contact me, contact us at 601-502-5451, 601-502-5451. Text or call and we'll make a deal happen. Just a few minutes ago, we caught up with C.J. Nightingale, the new head coach at Bellhaven. Seems like a great guy, seems like a great coach, especially on paper. If you look at his track record, the execution he's had as an assistant coach, the numbers don't lie. And I'm not going to read them all out here. You can find them in the article I wrote at supertalk.fm. But the question remains, and I look forward to seeing the answer, is how his success so far as an assistant will translate to being the front man. I mean, we've all seen it countless times where it works out or where it doesn't work out, but I have a good feeling that there's enough foundation there. He's had enough experience where it should be a really good fit. I'd grade it an A, um, and I'd also grade Mississippi College's new head coach an A as well, Mike Kershaw. Kershaw was announced by Mississippi College on December 19th as the new head football coach. And it was hard for me not to come in here and do a live reaction episode. But I didn't. And the reason I didn't is because I wanted to wait to see how his team or his position group performed in their bowl game. Rice played Texas State in the 
in the Armed Forces Bowl, I think it was. No, it, it was the First Responders Bowl. That's right. So a game I probably would not have watched otherwise, but I did. And the reason being is I wanted to see not only how his receivers ran routes, but what they did when they weren't getting the ball. You know, that's super important. That That's really what I was looking for is what do they do when they know it's not coming to them. And Rice, they played well in the, in the first half, got boat raced in the second half, but that doesn't matter. Uh, what matters to me is the position group checked most of the boxes that I was looking for them to check. And I think that's a good measuring stick as to how he gets players to play, how he gets them to do the little things, how he gets them to pay attention to detail And so we check the box of his players play hard. They do what they're supposed to do. And another checked box, I mean, I didn't even mention this yet, is that he stayed on staff there at Rice to coach in the bowl game. Even though he knew he was going to Mississippi College, he stuck around, said, I want to finish what we started. Rice had one of their best seasons in program history. I think it was the first time they've had six wins since 2014. Um, they played in the bowl. He stayed around. And now I assume he's here in Clinton. We're working with the SID over there to see if we can get him on the show this time next week. And so he's checking boxes. And another box that Mike Kershaw checks for me is that he has Division II experience and not only Division II experience, but experience in the Gulf South Conference. He played quarterback at Delta State. I don't know when he started, but I know he helped them to a conference championship in 1998. After his playing days, he stuck around in Cleveland, eventually coached quarterbacks, wide receivers, and safeties, and helped lead that 2006 squad to the D2 National Championship semifinals. And here's where Kershaw's story actually uh, it takes a turn, was in 2007, he decided to step away from coaching and go into the insurance business. Interesting call. Doesn't matter, though. He did it well. He, according to the press release Mississippi College put out, the Mike Kershaw Insurance Agency won Texas Monthly's five-star professional award for customer service four different times. I guess check uh, whatever box we're on, box number three, four, whatever box we're still checking. He's checking a man. He is succeeding in other realms of life. And I love to see that. In 2019, Kershaw decided to get back into coaching. And that's when his former Delta State colleague, Mike Bloomgren, hired him at Rice to join his staff there. And he's done a good job there at Rice. And now he's coming back to Division Two, And so... A's across the board so far. A's for Kershaw and an A for Nightingale. And I look forward to grading Millsaps as higher as well. I look forward to seeing how all of this rounds out. You know, this is one of the great parts about the offseason is that it never gets boring. And, you know, another uh, part about the offseason that really keeps the boredom away is the transfer portal and the early signing period. Starting with the portal, both Delta State and Mississippi College have lost a couple of pieces, but they've also gained some pieces. You know, Delta State, we talked about last episode, we talked about some of the guys that were that were heading to the NFL and some of the guys that were also leaving, one of which is Wydette Williams. I had him tabbed as a D1 FCS player. I was wrong. He ended up at Louisiana Monroe FBS. 
And one of the questions was, is Delta State going to utilize the transfer portal to address the quarterback situation? Program great. Patrick Shegog is out. He's looking to go pro. And they might just have found an answer. Former Southern Miss quarterback Jake Lang put it out there on X that he's heading from Hattiesburg to Cleveland. And I think this is a phenomenal pickup. I really do. I think Austin Davidson will still compete for that spot. I don't know who's going to win. They might even bring in another transfer quarterback. But I think if it comes to Lang being the starter, they're in a good situation. I watched Lang a pretty good bit over three years that he was in Hattiesburg because I was on the Southern Miss beat for a little while. And he had his pros and he had his cons. Um, I remember his freshman year, that was when they were going through the whole quarterback saga of couldn't find one, everybody was getting injured, and they had to call on him. And he was a walk-on out of Jackson Prep. And he came in one game and threw for over 300 yards after Ty Keyes got hurt. That put him on the map, at least in my book. He was not a consistent starter throughout his time in Hattiesburg. Mostly played freshman year, some sophomore year. Then it was mostly the field goal holder this past year. But I think that his talents can definitely translate to the D2 level. And speaking of Southern Miss transfers, Lang will face off against an old teammate in this year's Heritage Bell Classic as linebacker Caleb Garner is heading out of Hattiesburg and heading to Clinton. He'll suit up for the Choctaws next year. Garner never really played much uh, at Southern Miss, but should be a good player on the D2 level. Both Delta State and MC have also been pulling some guys from the JUCO ranks. Uh, The Gulf Coast duo of quarterback Elijah Anderson and wide receiver Braden Walker signed with the Choctaws. Delta State, they've gotten defensive back Caden Dukes out of Colin, defensive lineman Jacoby Franklin out of Mississippi Delta, running back Marlon Palmer out of Coahoma, wide receiver Ty Crowell out of East Mississippi, and then defensive lineman Will Spain. I think he's a high school guy. I'm going to have to double check on that. And we talk about how crazy the transfer portal gets. Uh, You know, we've seen over time on the D1 level that some state guys have transferred to Ole Miss And fan bases react in one of two ways. They either hate the kid, which is not right, if you ask me, or they say he did a lot here and we'll we'll cheer for him. Well, we kind of have a situation like that as all GSC long snapper Andrew Studer is heading from Mississippi College to Delta State, and he hopes to finally be on a playoff team there in Cleveland. So that's about all I got for you in terms of the transfer portal and early signing period. But on the national scene, you know, I talked about uh, to open the show that the Stag Bowl was just phenomenal. Uh, Did you watch it? Let me know on X at JT Mitchell Radio. I reiterate that I think it's the best football game I watched in the entire month of December. Undoubtedly the best D3 championship we've had in recent years. I'd even put it up there as one of the best bowl games probably across the past five years. What an incredible game and an incredible ending. If you didn't watch, I highly recommend you go find a rerun. I know there are plenty on YouTube. And if you don't want to watch the entire game again, just go watch the last five minutes of play. Doesn't get better than that. But I'll run through it real quick on what happened. Um, I just want to relive how we saw like every side in this game. The first half... Pretty much a defensive showdown. It was scoreless for most of the time. 
and a lot of big time stops from both Cortland and North Central. Then North Central got on the board 7-zip, and then Cortland had less than a minute left and ran it down in a very, very unfortunate late hit call took place. Bad decision by that kid for North Central. Put Cortland into field goal range, and they were make they made it a 7-3 ball game at the half. And th- those three extra points, they came back and hurt North Central. Cortland took the first lead of the day with a little toe-tap touchdown on the first drive of the second half. A few traded scores made it 17 all at the end of three. And the fourth quarter is where all hell broke loose. 31 to 31 with about five minutes left. Like I said, go back and watch this if you haven't. Um, it looked like Cortland was going to get stopped, but on fourth and six, they converted and scored a go-ahead touchdown on the next play. North Central, of course, did not go away. They responded with a 60-yard touchdown of their own. This was controversial. They decided to go for two. Gagliardi Trophy winner Luke Lennon. I say Lennon. The guys on the broadcast were saying Lennon. Um, I'm not really sure what it was. I've been saying Lennon all season, but I I guess I'll go Lennon. Lennon was stopped. 38-37, 38-37, to 37, Cortland runs out the clock for their first ever national championship. And they ended North Central's run, who was looking for back-to-back championships. Uh, both teams, even after the defensive-oriented first half, both teams combined for over 1,000 yards of total offense. And uh, it was a game for all football lovers, I'll tell you that. No doubt about it. You had a little special team sprinkled in. Lots of times they were going for it on fourth down. Lots of scoring, lots of big plays, lots of big stops. Go watch it. Uh, The win for Cortland ended North Central's 29-game win streak. Stat leaders were quarterback Zach Boys, who became the first Cortland player to have 300 passing yards and 100 rushing yards in a game in over a decade. Boys added five touchdowns. For North Central, Luke Lanin had 320 total yards and four touchdowns, while running back Joe Sacco had 157 yards and a score. The D2 football championship, on the other hand, was not as interesting. Not going to tell you to go back and rewatch that unless you just want to watch a little history made. Overall, it was not a good game. Harding stopped Colorado School of Mines 38-7. The Bisons exploded for 502 yards on the ground. And this was just a tough situation for Mines. The second year in a row, they made it all the way to the championship looking for that first title and lost it once again. And Harding, man... They don't pass the ball. I don't know if you know that. They do not pass the ball. They rarely do. And with those 502 yards, they became the first school in NCAA history. Doesn't matter if it's D1, D2, D3. The first school in NCAA history with over 6,000 rushing yards in a single season. That's taken it like all the way back to 1904 before the forward pass was legal. Uh, kudos to them, though, an atypical route to your national championship banner. So that's about all the football we're going to talk today. Let's end the episode with a little basketball recap, a little roundup here. Things are still looking good for the Lady Majors of Millsaps. They went to New York. We caught up with Justin LeBlanc, the head coach, prior to that trip. They came back with one win and one loss. But overall, I think it was a really good trip In game one, they beat Williams College before falling to number 23, Mary Harden-Baylor in game two by just three points. And I know a loss is a loss, but that's a good measuring stick to see where this 11-2 Millsaps team stands on a national scale. 
And I really think if they keep winning, which they did on Tuesday, by the way, they opened conference play with a W over Birmingham Southern. I think this team can be top 25 if they just keep winning. Um, The Millsaps mend uh, their seasons on the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of success. Two and 10 on the year opened SAA play with a loss to Birmingham Southern, and they hope to turn it around there. Over at Bellhaven, the women are two and eight, but the men are playing half decent. Eight and five on the year opened CCS play with a close loss to LaGrange, but the good news is that they got some good players. Luke Couch was named Conference Player of the Week this past week after two stellar performances. The guard out of Alabama had 24 points against Regis and 39 points against Bard. The latter was a career high. Over at Mississippi University for women, the women's team is 2-5 and five and the men's team is 4-6. and six. And unfortunately, the biggest headline I've seen so far this year out of basketball programs at the W is that blowout loss for the men's team against McNeese State earlier in the season. They lost by like 70. I hope they got paid well. You know, I really think the tide is going to turn for at least the men's programs at the W once they get this name changed through. Um, We caught up with the AD, Jennifer Claybrook, back in the fall, and she said it's going to open some more doors. Uh, It's just hard to recruit for men's sports when it's called Mississippi University for Women. It's as simple as that. And I think right now where that process stands is they've narrowed it down to a few names, University of Northern Mississippi, Callaway State, Weathersby State. I believe once the school makes a decision or whatever board is in charge of this, they can then get a lawmaker to introduce the bill, to change the name. Once it passes both chambers, boom, you're done. You got a new name there. The reason you have to go through the legislature is because it's a public university. And I don't think there's going to be anybody in the legislature holding that process up. And they are back in session. So if they're going to do it, now is the time. But once a bill gets in there, I imagine it'll go through, whether that's this year or next year. And it will only help in men's sports. But going back to basketball, on the D2 side, the Lady Choctaws of Mississippi College are 5-8. and eight, But I do want to give a big shout-out to Kaya Julian, who became the program's all-time three-point leader just before the turn of the new year. She now has 109 successful attempts from beyond the arc. Congrats to you. And the men's team there at MC is beginning to heat up a little bit on a two-game winning streak with wins over Shorter and Lee to move to a flat 7-7 seven and seven on the year. The Delta State women's team is 5-8 and eight on the year, while the men's team is 8-4. and four. And worth noting that Delta State and MC, the two rivals, will be in action this Monday, both men and women's teams. Lots of good basketball to watch there. Also, lots of good basketball to watch in the meantime, as every school I just said, I guarantee it, they have a game between now and and Sunday. So go check go check out your local D2 or D3 school. Support them. Watch some good basketball. And you'll be surprised if you're not a D2 or D3 fan and you're just checking out this show for the first time, I promise you D2 and D3 sports are worth checking out. For me, that's it. I'm JT Mitchell, and you've been listening to From D2 to D3. We couldn't do it without you, so thank you as always, and I'll catch you next time.
Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.